Hello, Giants fans, and welcome to a new edition of the Valentine's Views podcast here on Big Blue View Radio, part of your SB Nation family of podcasts. Please remember to uh, subscribe to Big Blue View Radio wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, Giants fans, we are now into the month of June. Giants are rolling through phase three of their off-season program, the on-field portion where we get to see some of the practices, get to see some action with the full team on the field. Obviously, these workouts are voluntary, so we're not going to see every player every single day. One of the uh, one of the things about these workouts is Brian Dayball calls them a learning teaching camp. He calls this, you know, really this is a a glorified seven on seven passing camp. We have yet to see in the in the sessions that are available to uh, to media. We have yet to see any eleven on eleven action. There really is no contact in these workouts. So there there are seven on seven passing drills basically. And as such, we're getting to see Daniel Jones work with some of his new wide receivers like Paris Campbell and Darius Waller, Jalen Hyatt. We're getting to see uh, some of the depth of the Giants' wide receiving core on display. And basically, that is what I thought I would talk about today, is this uh, revamped, uh, seemingly improved Giants' wide receiving core a little bit later on in the show, you'll hear from you'll hear audio from both head coach Brian Dayball and wide receiver Darius Slayton. Slayton had a lot of interesting things to say about the speed in the wide receiver room. Some of his new teammates like Campbell and Hyatt, even uh, a little bit about tight end Darren Waller, and we'll get to that in a little bit. But what I thought I would do here today is sort of break down uh, the way I see the wide receiver competition for the Giants. Now, mind you, at the beginning of last season, the Giants kept seven wide receivers. That's probably one more than normal, but who knows how things work out every single year. You know, things are different. Teams don't lock themselves into X number of players at this position, X number of players at that position, They'll keep the best 53 to begin the season, and sometimes they'll be a little heavy at one position. Because they think they have the talent to support it, they'll be a little bit light at another position simply because they they don't feel like they have enough players who belong on a 53-man NFL roster to, uh, to support, you know, keeping that many guys. So, but anyway, let's, let's focus on wide receiver and really, the Giants have a really, really interesting competition shaping up four spots on the 53-man roster at wide receiver. This is a faster, deeper, more versatile wide receiver group than I can remember the Giants having in a long, long time. There is no true number one wide receiver per se. I think we know that the... Uh, the number one receiver on this team, you know, entering training camp, the number one guy is tight end Darren Waller, who, to be honest, will often look like a wide receiver. He'll often be in the slot. He'll often be split out wide, you know, maybe on the uh, 
on the the solo side of three by one sets, things like that. But uh, but Waller is the number one guy. But let's focus on the wide receivers, what the Giants have, how the competitions might shake out. I look at the roster, and I'm going to break it down into into three categories. I'm going to break it down into the guys I consider to be locks to make the roster, the guys I consider to be bubble guys who might be fighting for a roster spot, the most likely guys to, to earn the last one or two roster spots at wide receiver. And then we'll talk about dark horse candidates to make the roster as well. So for me, the the locks to make the Giants 53-man roster, provided, of course, that everyone is healthy, are Isaiah Hodgins, Darius Slayton, Paris Campbell, third-round pick Jalen Hyatt, and 2022 second-round pick Wandale Robinson. For me, the biggest question out of that group is the health of Wandale Robinson, who has yet to, to join his teammates on the field for OTAs, at least for team portions of, of workouts, as he works his way back from the torn ACL he suffered in the uh, in the latter stages of the 2022 season. Robinson is a guy who he can still be an effective weapon for the Giants. There's still a place for him. There's still a place for his run-after-catch skill set even though the Giants have added guys like Paris Paris Campbell and Jalen Hyatt, still, you know, a lot of optimism about what Wandale Robinson can bring to the Giants offense. When we saw OTAs on Wednesday, Robinson was on the side catching passes off the jugs machine and doing some resistance running with uh, with a band. So uh, not sure what his... Uh, what his timetable is for actually getting on the field. And the Giants aren't going to give us a whole lot of information on that at this point in time. They're not required to to give us injury reports. So uh, so they're not going to give us any information on, on a timetable for Wandale Robinson. We'll just have to wait and see whether or not he is available in training camp and for the start of the season. But I do think those five players are really the core of the Giants wide receiving group entering 2023. Anxious to see what Hodgins can do after coming over from Buffalo and and being really, really successful the second half of, of 2022. Interesting to see if he can take another step forward, you know, with an offseason and with a training camp to work with Daniel Jones. Darius Slayton, of course, earned the opportunity to come back with a uh, with a really good 2022 season after barely making the roster. Uh, hat tip to uh, Ryan Dunleavy of the New York Post for this little fun fact that uh, that Dunleavy pointed out on Wednesday when we had a chance to talk to Slayton. But Slayton has actually led the Giants in receiving yards in three of his four seasons as an NFL player. So perhaps more productive than he might get credit for. Obviously, Paris Campbell, the guy who had a good year for the Indianapolis Colts last year, a fairly long injury history, 2022, his first full season as a as a healthy player and caught more than 60 passes for, uh, for a struggling Colts team. 
We'll see how well he fits into the Giants' offense in 2022. Jalen Hyatt, of course, third-round pick that the Giants traded up for in the 2023 NFL Draft. Hyatt really, at this point, seems like a little bit of a project, a little bit of a developmental player, getting some opportunities as a punt returner, doing a lot of of work with the second and third teams at this point. in the two OTAs that that I have witnessed, uh, Hyatt hasn't seen a whole lot of targets, but uh, a guy that the Giants are 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 happy to have, guy who they're anxious to try to develop, guy who could be a game breaker for them. You know, as uh, as Slayton said on Wednesday, you know he's used to being the speed guy for the Giants, and now he's surrounded by. A lot of speed guys. Campbell's a speed guy. Hyatt is a speed guy. Wandale Robinson is is maybe not a speed guy on the level of Jalen Hyatt, but he's a game breaking type player. Um, guys like uh, guys like Jeff Smith are really fast guys. A guy that the Giants signed in the off season as a, a wide receiver, you know, from the New York Jets guy who will be competing for a roster spot. So there's a lot more speed. There's a lot more uh, game-breaking potential in that group. But those are the five guys that I look at and see as locks to make the roster. Bubble guys, I would include David Sills, who's been with the Giants for the last two or three years. Began last year as a starter, ended up on the practice squad, still around, still competing most likely path, I think, for Sills is probably the practice squad. Uh, the aforementioned Jeff Smith, a guy who's probably more a special teams player than a wide receiver. Colin Johnson coming back from a torn Achilles tendon. Johnson, 6'5", 6'6", 220-pound guy, gives the Giants a different body type than they have among other wide receivers guy who was having a really, really good training camp last year before he got hurt. Johnson in the two OTAs that I've seen has pretty much picked right up where he left off. He's been targeted quite a bit, made some nice catches. I think that, that, you know, he's a guy I think the Giants are going to have a hard time keeping off the roster if he's healthy. Uh, Jamison Crowder, is a guy who's had a lot of success in the NFL. I was looking at his career. He's got more than 400 catches in his career. He's got kickoff and punt return experience. And it's funny, I watched on Wednesday, and sometimes you watch players, and some guys just look a little different athletically. They look a little different coming in and out of their breaks. They look a little quicker than other guys. They make it look a little bit easier. And I was surprised that Crowder is actually one of those guys. When he runs his routes, when he makes his breaks, it just looks a little crisper, a little quicker, a little different than it does for some other guys. For me, the wild card among all of these uh, these bubble players is veteran wide receiver Sterling Shepard. Obviously, Shepard has had devastating leg injuries that have shortened each of his last two seasons. He's a fan favorite. He is a favorite of the organization. The The Giants love the guy. He 
He did great things last year, even after he was hurt, sticking around, mentoring guys like Wandale Robinson, you know, staying on the sideline, being a coach, basically, you know, helping as much as he could, offering advice, sticking around the team. He participated the best that he could, and he was a good influence despite not being able to play. The question is, can Sterling Shepard still play? I don't know that there's a I don't know how healthy he's going to be. I don't know when he's going to be able to practice. If he can get on the field in training camp and give himself a real opportunity, then I think he has a chance to make this team. But the longer he's sidelined, the longer it takes for him to get on the field, the harder I think it's going to be for Sterling Shepard to uh, to make the roster. As I think about it, he might even be a guy who begins the season on PUP, which uh, on the physically unable to perform list, which would sort of give the Giants an opportunity to assess everything else that they have, allow Shepard to continue to get healthy, and then see if he can help them as the season goes along. And I think we all root for Shep. He's uh, he's a good guy, been a really good giant, been really productive when he's been healthy. I just don't know in the end that there's going to be space on the roster for Shepard when it's all said and done. A couple of dark horse candidates that I also wanted to mention. There's been a lot of talk about uh, Bryce Ford Wheaton, undrafted free agent signee out of West Virginia, guy that the Giants gave a fairly significant amount of guaranteed money to, you know, for an undrafted free agent. Uh, Bryce Ford Wheaton, big guy, you know, 6'3", 6'4", 215, 220, tested extremely well. You look at his spider chart at Mock Draftable, guy who uh, posted some some eye-popping, you know, athletic testing numbers, but a guy who comes to the NFL with a reputation as a guy who struggles to catch the football consistently, had a drop rate of more than 11% in college, which is uh, even higher than uh, than the drop rate that Evan Ingram had as a New York Giant. And we all know how frustrated Giants fans got with the inconsistent play of Evan Ingram. And to be honest, in the two OTAs that I've seen, uh, Ford Wheaton's struggles with, with catching the football have continued. You can see the usefulness of the body type. You can see the athleticism. But I've seen him drop easy balls in each of the two practices that I've seen. You know, I have no idea how he's done in the other workouts that we don't have access to. But those two uh, easy sort of uncontested catches point to the issue that he has and the reason why he went undrafted. The other dark horse guy that uh, that I wanted to point out is Khalil Pimpleton, guy who the Giants had on their practice squad. You know, he's a small guy, 5'7", five, 5'8", five, maybe 175 pounds if he's lucky. But he's also a guy who was an explosive um, kick returner, punt returner, in college, guy who has speed, a guy who really, really stood out actually during Wednesday's workout and caught a couple of deep balls. 
beat Darnay Holmes deep a couple times, uh, beat Holmes across the middle for a touchdown during a, a red zone drill uh, play that I think originated at the five-yard line. Uh, Pimpleton is a guy who Matt Waldman of the rookie scouting portfolio was very, very high on coming out of college, coming out of Central Michigan, guy who when uh, when Waldman put together his 2022 uh scouting guide for the the 2022 NFL draft he actually had Pimpleton rated ahead of Wandale Robinson so this is a guy who has some ability and just a, a dark horse candidate to uh, to keep in mind a guy who who probably lands on the practice squad again but uh, as an outside possibility of, of perhaps making the roster. I don't think it'll happen simply because of the depth that the Giants appear to have. I don't think a guy like Pimpleton will make the roster or a guy like Ford Wheaton will make the, the actual 53-man roster unless there's a rash of injuries. But both of those guys could very well land on the 2023 Giants practice squad. All right, Giants fans, let's hear now from Giants head coach Brian Dable and wide receiver Darius Slayton, both of whom addressed the media during Wednesday's OTA. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Morning. morning. How's everybody doing? Good. How are you? Good. What we got? Notice, like last week you, for teams, you just did seven on seven, no eleven on eleven. Will you do any, uh, or have you guys been doing any eleven on eleven? We just we do walkthroughs with it, so um, you know different things where tempo it down and kind of teach it, review some of the stuff we we studied in the off season. Um, so we'll stay with that today. Is it much more of a mental camp for the point of attack guys as opposed to the guys, the skill guys? Yeah, I mean, there's rules for contact and stuff, so we just take that out of it and, uh, again, teach our concepts, uh, blocking schemes, how to take on blocks, run fits, protection things, um, tempo it down a little bit and make sure we, we get it right so when we get into training camp when we're going full speed with pads on, uh, we got something to draw from. Do you think you know, for the rest of the camp you'll just keep it that way? Or for the rest of the spring, I Today we will, okay. but we talk about that each day. Brian, with um, with all, all players, and I guess especially a rookie who was a rookie last year, you know, when they come here, do you at some point sit them down and say like, okay, last year is done, and you know, you, 
expectations, and especially with a guy like Kayvon, who has such has such a you know spotlight on. Yeah, well, I'd say kind of everybody's the same. We sit down with everybody, um, talk about things we can improve on, some of the things we did well. Uh, you know, usually from I'd say year one to year two, it's a, you know for the players that are just getting drafted, they really had to have an off season. They're learning a brand new system. Don't have a lot of experience to draw from in the NFL. And then year two, they can have some experiences to draw from. But, you know, you'd like to see a, a jump from everyone in year one, your rookie class, to year two. Uh, it happens at different times. Um, you just get better each day. How have you seen Kayvon and Evan come back this year? Um, like, what, I guess, what, I guess, changes in them? Uh, so far? Well, again, they've had a year under their belt, so uh, still got a lot to learn. Uh, still young players. Uh, but, again, they can draw from some of the experiences that they've had. Uh, the previous year, even just you know, not in terms of playing right now because we're out here in, in shorts and T-shirts, but um, grasping the material, uh, different questions they ask. You know, they've been through some of the stuff. So when they're watching cut-ups of things that we did the previous year, they know it. So as a rookie, you have no idea what's going on right now. Um, so I'd say, you know, most most players from year one to year two, it's you know, there's a little bit more comfort level. I know Evan thought it was benefit. I know Evan thought it was beneficial to make changes to his stance this offseason. What do you? What's your? What is your thought on that? And you know, is it something that you maybe thought of or looked into also? Yeah, no, I'd say Bobby does a great job with those guys. I'd say he studies all the offensive linemen. He's with them all day um, during practice during this time. Um, I'd say with each player, there's you know little things that you try to tweak and coach on, and um, you know it's no different with Evan. Dave, uh, can you talk about Daniel and how he's been throwing the ball lately? It looks like he's doing more deep throwing that I can remember, unless my memory is faulty. Um, yeah, I'd say we just make sure he throws it, tries to throw it to the right guy uh, with the right reads. Um, you know, there's not any emphasis. I think Daniel's made steady improvement since we've been here. Um, you know, he's thrown to some new players out here. I think that's important is to try to read their body language. And, you know, again, we're just, you know, we're trying different things and, Trying to get to know some of the new players we have too, and I'd say so is Daniel. Brian, do uh, other quarterbacks you've been around? Do they do as much away from the? Did they do as much away from the building as Daniel? Yeah, I'd say it's a, you know, that position. They're one of the hardest workers on your team. Usually, they have the most to to learn. Um, it's a tough position to play. You know, Daniel's a true pro. There's, I'm not going to compare him to other guys I've been around, but um, he is. He's constantly working. You know, there's times where I gotta say, just take a little break here. Uh, he just wants to work, 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 um, meet. Uh, he's he's a true pro. Brian, last year you were pretty in the moment, uh, staunch about the fact that putting a Dory back at punt returner was a good idea. In hindsight, when you review the year, is that something you would still do? Put a valuable player like that back on special teams, or is this something you reconsider? Yeah, no, I think I think every every year is different. Every game's different. Um, you know, we're we got a lot of guys out here returning punts right now. We don't have to make that decision for a while, so we'll cross that bridge when it comes to it. You had mentioned with, with the rookies uh, when they got here in minicamp that you guys are going to be very conscious of how much team stuff they were going to do on seven on seven. As the spring progresses and now you're two weeks out of kind of setting them away. Do you look at, at the rookies and say you want to get some of these guys more involved in team stuff to see where they're at and what you have to work on? Yeah, I'd say our, our sports science uh, guys, Sam and, and Loesch, they do a really good job along with their training staff of 
you, know, you have to take into account most of them haven't been doing a whole bunch right. leading up to it. So each day we had a little bit more reps um, each period. Uh, again, it's maybe a little bit more than it was the first day, and then we reassess it. But we, you know, number one thing is to try to get them out here healthy, make sure they're learning this stuff, whether they're able to do it, and then hopefully they're ready to go in training camp. Brian, what do you, what do you think of your schedule? A lot of uh, road games and prime time games up front. Yeah, I'm not focused on it right now. Uh, right. Focused on today. I mean, do you, from your experience, do those you, you know, you know I'm a one, one day at a time guy here, so. Uh, you know, whatever the schedule is, is the schedule. That's the way I approach it. Whatever it is, you know, whenever we play, night, morning, Saturday, Thursday, Friday, it doesn't matter. Just uh, play them when they come. Right. Uh, what's, what does it mean to have a, a town? You guys laughing about something over there. Cro you're crossing I mean, it. I like that. was the uh, exact answer okay. I told okay. you. Okay. Literally <laughs> word for word. <laughs> <Good job. laughs> word for word. I hope you had a lot of money back. <laughs> When you're able to add someone as talented as Darren Waller to your team, what does it mean to have them out here after the OTAs participating with everyone, especially because they're veterans and constantly they're not doing that? Yeah, no, he's been he's been a great teammate since he's been here. Again, we're just, you know, he's learning us. We're learning him. Uh, you know, it's a work in progress on, on both both sides. But he's, like I said last week, he's a true pro. Like Brian, what, what, um, how would you assess Kayvon's rookie year? I'm worried about this year. How, how much more? See, I, I was ready with a follow-up after that. Um, how much more is there for him in year number two? I'd say, just like all the other players, we're just trying to get better day by day. You added a lot of pieces to a wide receiver this offseason. Um, none of them, though, have a proven track record as true, like number one talking about at wide receiver. Obviously, Darren's a little different. There's a big wide receiver out there that's available as a free agent now. How, how tall is he? What? How tall is he? You said a big receiver. I'm talking about uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Oh, okay. Specific. Gotcha. So I don't know how. He's pretty tall. Five okay. He's pretty good. Uh, how open would you be to adding a piece like that now? Is this something you you guys think you would consider? Yeah, no, I'd say like last year, um, anytime there's someone that's available uh, that's a free agent, I'd say Joe and his staff are going to look into it, research it. You know, we talk about really a lot of different players. Um, so regardless of who it is, uh, that's part of our job is to make sure we're we're doing our due diligence. Last one. Do you so, have any memories of Paris Campbell when he was uh, coming out as a as a draft guy? What, so yeah. Far no, I do. Um, actually, Joe and I, uh, I think Brandon Bean, we, we took a trip to Ohio State and we were out to uh, out to dinner with him uh, the night before his workout. So, got to meet him then, and you know, a lot of times you meet all these players pre-draft. Um, and maybe it doesn't happen that initial year, but you know they become available a few years from now, and you just draw on some of your meetings that you had with them. Uh, he was a good, good young man, you know, smart, enjoyed our meeting. Um, he's done, uh, he's done a good job since he's been here. Is that skill set? Is that skill set still there? The, the same skill set that you saw then, or, or is it advanced yeah. because he has that time? Well, I think you have you can draw on experiences when you played in this league. So, again, he's learning how we do things. We're learning how he does things, and, you know, that's what this time of year is for. So, so, so who's faster, you or Hyatt? Oh, <laughs> man. It's got to be me. Love him. Great kid, but got to be me. When, when the, we obviously know your speed since you got here. Mm -hmm. When you're out there with guys who are – Faster than maybe players you played with. 
does it make you notice your speed any more or less when they're out here and, you know, it's not just, oh, well, he's the fast guy and these guys are kind of yeah. moderate? Um, I think kind of selfishly as a speed guy, I lean towards other speed guys. I like watching, you know, people fly around fast, and we've got a lot of them now. I mean, Paris was a 4-3-0 guy. Uh, Jeff Smith was a 4-2 guy, low 4-3 guy, and then Hyatt obviously can fly. I can fly, so you know you turn on the film and it's a whole lot of flying, <laughs> you know. So, uh, but I mean, it's fun to watch. You know, it's fun to play with guys like that. Was it fun to watch him torch Alabama for five touchdowns? That was the most fun. <laughs> you know, I was a fan before he got here. <laughs> hey, Darius, you've been with Daniel basically since the beginning. Can you talk about the growth you've seen in him this spring? You know, that you're throwing a lot more. Deep, he's throwing a lot more deep balls and, and whatnot. What have you seen from him, and, and how well is he throwing the ball in your opinion? Um, I think he's doing great. I mean, I think definitely walking away from last season, we, explosives was a thing we needed more of. You know, so I think definitely this spring's kind of been a conscious effort to push the ball down the field. And like you said, we got all these guys that, you know, it's the point of having a bunch of Ferraris and keep them in the garage, you know, like take them out to the track. So um, I think that's kind of been the mindset, you know, and maybe why you see a little more of the ball going down the field. In terms of your answer to Patty's question, is that what intrigues you the most when you let yourself think about playing against another team? That How does that explosiveness change essentially your life on the football field? Yeah, for sure, you know, because they don't know where it's coming from. You know, you got myself or Jalen or Paris or, or any of our guy, Darren, is huge but can fly, you know, so it's like you got all these guys flying at you, you know, you got to guard somebody, you know, so... Um, I think for us, it just it puts us all in an advantage situation. What's it like when Darren's in those wide receiver drills? Uh, it's like, you know, I kind of like try to stand away from him. You know, you get a picture too close, it's like, ah, Slay's real small. It's like, ah. <laughs> don't get too close. But, uh, nah, um, he's impressive, man. You know, I, I, I kind of just was telling Pat, um, you know, he's like what it looks like. Like, somebody asked, like, what's an NFL tight end? Like, you just point it down while big, fast, can catch it, so uh, he's been a great addition to our team. We've talked about a lot of these new guys. Mm-hmm. You're not one of them. You know, you know what I mean? Um, um, what was your confidence level after the season that you would be in this position again to be here? Um, hi. You know, I believe in myself, believe in my ability. I believe in the work I put in in the offseason, so you know, whether we had 10 guys, 20 guys, whether we had all of you guys, you know, I believe I'll, I'll find my way on the field. And, and, and how... You know, sometimes guys want to look elsewhere. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's like, you know, the green grass sometimes is greener. For sure. Somewhere else. Um, um, why was it not for you, do you think? Um, I think, you know, there was a lot in limbo this offseason. You know, DJ was, was out there. You know, a lot of us were free agents, that type of deal. But, you know, I think once, you know, he came back, I think it just made all the sense in the world to keep playing with him. Got great chemistry with him. I enjoy being a part of this franchise. So, um, you know, for me, it just made the most sense to come back. And yeah. how how much do you think, I mean, teams are reluctant to do that mm-hmm. when they're losing. Yeah. You know, the fact that, you know, you have been around a lot of losing. The yeah. fact that you guys won last year, do you think it was easier for everybody to say, let's bring him back, let's bring him back, let's sign him? Yeah, of course, you know, because if you win, then it tells you you have winning players. You know, if you're losing, it's like, I think we got winning players, but we're losing. You know, so um, definitely winning helps just everybody, the building, us, everybody have confidence so that we can go out and win games. If I made a list, I, I wish I did before I did before I asked this question. I didn't. But if I made a list of guys who led their teams in receiving yards three of the last four seasons, it wouldn't be a very big list, and it would probably have a lot of like Pro Bowl type receivers on it. Do you feel like you get enough credit? 
for being as good as you are for leading this team three years or less, three or less four years? You feel like you do, and it does. I don't. So does it bother yeah. you that you don't? Uh, I wouldn't say it bothers me, you know, because everybody doesn't know what I know, you know. Like everybody's not in the Giants building, so at, at the end of the day, you can only judge based on, you know, what you see from afar, you know. So you know, you see this guy go for a thousand and ten, or this guy go for a hundred, you know, yards every week, and you're like, oh, he's really good. Well, some of these guys play with nobody. I play with Saquon. Where do you think the ball's going first? Not me. So, you know, Shep, we had Evan Ingram. Now we have Darren. Now, you know, like I've never played with a bunch of just bumps. So, uh, you know, that's a little annoying because it's like at the end of the day, it's like I've never been the only person or one person to get the ball, whereas some people are. So, um it is what it is. At the end of the day, you know, I just play to win. So as long as the Giants win at the end of the day, I'll be all right. Darius, what do you think? What do you think about uh, Jalen Hyatt? What's impressed you most about him so far? Um, I hate to say speed, but he's fast. You know, <laughs> uh, nah, he's um, you know, like I said, he can play. You can see the talent. You know, not just his speed. Like it, you know, he had a little viral video of the him telling the coach he can route run and stuff. And I think he does route run pretty well. He catches the ball well. Um, you know, so I think I think just all the way around, he's a very talented player. What about his mental, the mental aspect of his game? Do you see a lot of mistakes? What, what do you see from that? Um, I wouldn't say any more mistakes than that's abnormal. Like this offense is tough, man. Like I'm be honest with you. Like <laughs> I be some days like oh, God, I think I gotta go ball. You know, so um, that's gonna come with being a rookie. But I wouldn't say anything more than just normal mistakes. Notice from you. Publicly in the offseason, even when you were a free agent, you never stopped using we, referring yeah. to the Giants, we, defending Daniel, mm-hmm. slander. But was that almost impo- was that a conscious decision for you, or was that just subconsciously you never allowed yourself to separate from being here and being a part of this? Yeah, I think just, well, the Daniel thing is subconscious. I mean, I could be in Antarctica and I see a bad tweet, and it's, I mean, I got to address it, you know. But, um, yeah, I think it's just a subconscious thing. Like, you know, I've all, I've been here. This is all I know. You know, DJ is all I know. The Giants are all I know. So uh, definitely probably a subconscious deal. But I, I did have to, like, remember, like, I'm a free agent sometimes, you know. So uh, I tried not to. But, um, yeah. Darius, how did you pick you talk a lot about the, You talked a lot about the speed and the receiver group. Mm-hmm. But what other skills kind of help add diversity to a room like that that can help you pop off, Jalen pop off, you know, some of your passing guys? Um, I think guys like like Colin and Isaiah add a good changeup. You know, they're bigger guys, big, strong guys um, that can beat you up. You know, so it's not like we just have a bunch of speed guys. You know, we got big guys, and then obviously Darren is a everything, big and fast. So a guy like him helps, and all of our backs. But you know, whenever we get Saquon back and Brita and all those guys, they help as well with mismatches. Giants fans, that's our show for today. Thank you, as always, for listening. Please remember to stay safe out there, take care of each other, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.